This is Gabriel Masudi, and you're listening to Learn, Unlearn, Optimize. So in this episode, we're going to be discussing the manipulation of feedback. So let's first get into what we are referring to with regards to feedback. In this case, feedback is information about reactions to a product, a person's performance of a task, etc., used as a basis for improvement, or in this case, self-improvement. So how can, how can feedback be manipulated? <clears throat> let's say every time you go to, uh, to tell a story, or let's say any time an event happens, or uh, you constantly find yourself being victim, and you continue to seek out the people that will reinforce this belief system for you. So hypothetically speaking, let's say that something happened to you, and you continue to go to people that will say, mm, I'm really sorry that this is happening to you, or oh my God, how could this happen? And constantly reinforce your belief system that you are not empowered or you don't have the power to change yourself. And then let's say that one day some of those people don't agree with you, you'll get angry because you can't be right and they're not, they're not reinforcing your belief system, and then you'll continue to go person by person until you find the right person that then says, hmm, I think that it could be right, and then reinforces your belief system again. So you'll conveniently change who you get the feedback from based on who's going to reinforce the fact that you're a victim, that you're not empowered to make anything happen, and you'll conveniently go and, and take those sources at that time because they'll justify your need to be right. They'll make the other person wrong. They'll make the situation wrong. And all of a sudden, you can then be right about being a victim and not having any power to change your circumstances. Now, these circumstances and, and this belief system that you get to be right about is formed by your, your programming. So the story and your interpretation is uh, through your filter, through your sensor, your sensory receptors, through your eyes, through your ears, through the way that you receive information. And this experience is formed by the, the belief system that you've been programmed with. So it is just that. It's a story. It's irrelevant, uh, the events, anything that happened. It really is your story. It can be uh, the same person could have an interpretation of the story uh, the same person could witness the exact same event and have a different interpretation of the story. Uh, so for, hypothetically, let's say you got bit by a dog when you were younger. And so now you believe that dogs bite. Well, is it true that all dogs bite? No, but dogs do bite. But you may think all dogs bite. So anytime you see a dog, you have a, a, a program of fear. Someone else could see the same dog and had an amazing experience with dogs and growing up and they never got bitten. They just were loved to death by their puppies and their dogs. So they're going to have a different experience than you. So same exact dog, same exact experience. Uh, what's different is the belief system or same exact dog, same exact thing actually happened. But what's different is the belief system and the story that each person told themselves. Uh, another, another analogy it's a parable that I heard once of a gentleman was walking down uh, a path and on the path there's a rope. One person had a, uh, an experience where they were attacked by a snake. So as they're walking down the path, they see the rope. They can't really tell what it is. Immediately they think it's a snake and they run and go the other way. Uh, another person's walking down there and sees the rope and they were a sailor. 
and they see it as a rope, just that. So they pick up the rope and they start tying knots and continue down the path. Maybe a third person walks down the path, wasn't attacked by a snake, wasn't a sailor, really doesn't even notice it because it's not showing up in their, in their system. It's not, it's not triggering any type of response and they just continue to walk. They weren't looking for it either way. So it really depends on what's coming through our filter and what our belief system is. This also goes back to how big is your need to be right? And we all have a, a deep down inside us have a need to be right that needs to be checked all the time. But we'll get into being right in another podcast. So what are some ways that <clears throat> so what are some ways that you can make sure that you don't manipulate feedback? Well, what works for me is to make sure that I go to the same people consistently. I have a core group of people. They're not all friends, some coaches, some leaders, uh, some people that I don't even talk to that often. And what I do is I'll make sure that those are the people that I tell tell the event to or that I go to request feedback on on situations or even products or or uh, designs that I'm gonna that I'm gonna put out. So that way I have consistency, I have continuity in what I in in what I get. Now, do I always do I do I ever solicit um, advice or feedback outside of those sources? Absolutely. Sometimes I'll mix it up intentionally just to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not stuck in, in some type of feedback loop, if you will. In my experience, it's been uh, much more beneficial to stay consistent and maybe seek a one-off here or a one-off there and then weigh out the options. It's similar to uh, an A-B test. Uh, feedback is data. It's just that. So by staying consistent and going back to the same te- same people, the same team consistently, you'll accumulate enough data that you can go back and that you can analyze. And if I find that enough people from my team are telling me that I need a saddle, then most likely I'm a jackass. Of course, I could go outside of that circle and solicit other feedback, other information, frame the story, get to be right, and go show it to other people and have them say, oh, Gabriel... I'm really sorry that happened to you or Gabriel, this is the most amazing work or be blown away. But I have no, I have no history or any data to compare to how, how uh, effective, uh, I, I have no data to show me the quality. I have no data to show me the relevance or the quality of that feedback. Um, sometimes on a one-off, it'll, it'll show itself to you. But for the most part, you want to stay consistent. Now, let's also be clear on something here. The people that I'm getting feedback from, um, I've been with my whole life, they're professionals. Uh, be careful if you have like two or three people that you consistently go to feedback for that tell you it's okay to like harm other people or you're in some type of cult or some shit. Like that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about being able to to uh, have a consistent group of people that are diverse diverse in their belief systems, diverse in, in, in their careers, diverse in their communities, diverse in where they live. So my, my feedback uh, team, if you will, is from all over the world, is all different colors, is all different belief systems, and all different demographics, uh, economic status, etc. So I, I keep it that way intentionally. And this, this team should continue to evolve. Mine has. It evolves organically. The more expertise I gain, the more my career starts to, uh, to grow and shift uh, as my, path, my paths and my goals develop and, and, and change and my strategies develop and change. So does, so does the, uh, the people that I'm going to go for feedback to. 
but they're within the same general. In other words, visualize a, 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 like a Venn diagram. You have overlap in the center, but sometimes it'll lean heavy. Let's say hypothetically I'm working on a website project or I'm working on something that's design heavy. It'll be more towards that area of my team. If I'm working on music production or something like that, it'll lean, it'll lean more towards the other side. If I'm working on something that has to do with jujitsu or with yoga, then you see, but there's always overlap. There's always my wife. There's always my core community, my family, the people that I'm around consistently, but then we'll bring in those experts that we've been with and sometimes new, sometimes those one-offs like I'm talking about, but it'll be weighed, it'll be consistent, and there's data to compare it to. So that uh, there's always a, a commonality, there's always a common, a, a common thread that goes through it all. I don't just seek out the people that are convenient to give me the answers that I want to hear at that time so I can inflate my ego or inflate my or reinforce my need to be right. That's the most dangerous thing that anyone can do in this world. So be sure that you're not surrounded by a bunch of yes people. Be sure that you don't uh, need to be stroked be patted on the back, um, be told that you're amazing all the time. Uh, you're constantly, I, I'm constantly looking for uh, constructive criticism. I'm constantly looking for data that I can use to improve myself. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed this podcast and you felt it brought you value. If you would please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much.